For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Somebody rear-ended me. Hmm. Yeah, man. As I was going to pick up my friend from the airport, and uh, I'm on Cicero over by Four City Mall. Yeah. And the lady, like, there's a truck in front of me, and there's there's weird intersections over there. Like, there's maybe 50 feet, then a intersection, then another 50 feet, then another intersection. And, like, there's nowhere to go over there because there's so much traffic. And light turns green, and as I put my foot on the gas, doom, she just hits me in the back. I'm just like, yo, what's... And so then I get out, taking the pictures and stuff. I'm like... Are you okay? She was like, yeah, I'm good. I said, do you have insurance? Then she just looks at me. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> then she, she just goes, this is not my car. And she wasn't from, like, she's not originally from the States, right? So I'm like, all right, let me, like, kind of calm down because I don't, like, I'm up, I'm mad, frustrated, but I'm not, like, mad, man. Did she hit you hard? Did it hurt? No, um, okay. and the damage isn't even that bad. Like, I'll need a new coat of paint, but that's probably it. That's not bad. Um, and so I'm like, Who, whose car is this? And she's <laughs> like, um, my, my friend. And I'm like, all right, does your friend have insurance? So she goes in there, they have insurance. Take a picture of the insurance car. But then she proceeds to go, it's not that bad. She uses like, you can wipe it down. I was like, um, man, with all due respect, I don't think you get to make that call, but um, you're not hurt. I'm not hurt. I'm not gonna call the cops or anything. Like, just go about your day. And so then I drive off. So you're just paying that one out of the out of pocket? No, I called State Farm, and they're gonna take care of it 100. Oh, okay. So it worked out. I would have definitely said something meaner than what you said to him once she said. Well, of course, you would always say something meaner than any of us would ever say. Tony, I don't really think you're the asshole that you try to portray yourself, yourself to be. I mean, I'd be like, he likes his know, car. No, a lot. no disrespect, but I think you should probably shut up on this one. All right, I'll tell you a story that made me do that. So, I've only been hit twice in my life. Knock on wood. Um, once the other day, the first time was by some eighteen-year-old girl on my way to work maybe you know four years ago so i'm driving um and it's almost same situation at a red light turns green as i go to put my foot on the gas the girl behind me boom runs into me i look up she's looking goofy clearly on the phone texting and stuff and so i get out and uh as i get out she gets out and she goes oh shit like i was gonna do something to her i'm like shorty i'm not even concerned about you like I had just bought my car like a month earlier. Oh, that hurts. Oh my gosh, I'm so mad. Yeah, that's the worst. Um, and so I get out. She's in this like old truck. 
I'm in my new car and I'm obviously my car's messed up. There's not a scratch on hers. Um, trunks like kind of popped open. I'm just like, I can't believe this. So then I take, I'm taking pictures and I'm like, Hey, do you have insurance? And she was like, yeah. So she goes to the car, gets the insurance car. I'm taking pictures of it. I was like, yo, I'm not going to call the cops. I'm just going to call the insurance. And she was, and this is what made me almost turn into Tony kind of turned into Tony. She was just like, yo, you're not going to, she was like, bro, are you going to make a big deal about this? <laughs> I said, you mean, do I want this fixed and repaired and not to have to pay for it? Yes. If that counts that, as a big deal, then yes. I don't, I don't call people out of their names, but she might have been the closest. You don't call her B word, then you. Tony, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> the closest I've ever come to it. I did not. But I did say, quote, what the f- you hit me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, you hit me. Like, how are you, how are you going to tell me, like, am She's I looking at you like, what's your problem? Yes, yeah, like, I was the what's one that deal? I said, Shorty, you ran into me. Like, this is not the other way around. You don't get to make that call. Like, am I going right. to make Yeah, I'm going to make I'm saying, are you serious? You hit me. She's like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, bro. And so then I'm walking away. And I, I get in the car, I'm like, I can't believe somebody really said that. Like, yeah, she's some dumbass 18-year-old kid. But at the same time, she hit me with her beat-up-ass car, popped my trunk open, put a dent in my, my fender and all that, and then proceeds to say, bro, are you going to make it? It wasn't even, are you, it was the, bro, are you going to make a big deal about this? <laughs> like, the disrespect, like, oh. The, the total lack of self-awareness. Right. We in the middle of the street. Now I'm going off on this 18 year old kid. Then I look like the bad person, but nobody who's driving by realizes what she just said to me. Oh my, I'm getting mad right now. Let's start the show there. I love it. I I love this show. My laptop. The the little accidents that happen on this show are fantastic. The things that you never even plan on talking about end up being very interesting. Uh, I assume every car accident, by the way, happens as a result of texting. Now I just assume the people, if you, if I hear about some kind of car accident, I assume that involved a phone somehow. Cause it, it always does. Yes. Welcome to well, sports this, adjacent. This, this I'm Jason thing. leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey, Yo, Tony Gill. What, what you should do instead of texting and driving is you should pull over or park and get out your phone and go on to obvious shirts. Our happy sponsor. Uh, we love being in business with them. What are you going to say? Great segue, sir. Good job. Oh, well, thank you. I like I appreciate that. that. I'm no becoming problem. a professional here. We're trying to run a semi-professional podcast, I think. Uh, you can go on there. You can get shirts of any team in the city. They've got them all, and they've got our collection there. This uh, name. Get this. What's the shirt? That- yeah, oh, this, yeah the, our the, team, right? Jason team. Uh, you can use promo code adjacent 10, get 10% off and free shipping yeah. on there right now. Also the obvious shirt store coming soon to Wrigleyville should be opening sometime later this month. How will you feel Tony, when you walk into that store and you see up on the racks, a shirt that says everyone loves Tony Gill. Oh, I'm taking all the pictures. I'm showing my mama. I'm showing, I'm showing people's grandmas. Everybody is getting noticed that they can purchase everybody loves tony gill shirts you're not buying them you're, you're oh, just like oh, how cheap is that you're gonna make your grandma go buy one you're gonna be like yeah. look grandma here's a photo of it you go buy it and by the way here's the promo code grandma adjacent to 10 you get 10 percent off you're welcome love yeah. tony if, if 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 i currently had a grandma um yeah i would oh, tell her sorry. hey promo code adjacent 10 let's go grandma 
Okay, or an aunt or something, Tony. You know what I meant. Or a mom <laughs> or a sister. Jeez. I don't have a grandma, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, count on Tony to bring the show <laughs> to a screeching halt. <laughs> of course. I don't have a grandma anymore. Thank I you. got rear-ended, by the way, one time. Uh, Russ, my friend got rear-ended, I should say. I was in North Carolina visiting a friend, and he was driving me to the airport. And I... I wouldn't say I, eh, my wife would say I cut it very close on what time I need to get to the airport. I do. I guess that's true. So I don't build in any extra time to get stuck in traffic or uh, get hit by a car. So when we got rear ended on the way to the airport, I had, my friend had to sit there and wait because it was pretty bad. And uh, I had to call a lift to come pick me up on the side of the road and just leave my friend there to figure it out because I got to catch this flight. (laughs) What a bad friend. The craziest accident. He endorsed it. I mean, he might not have really been too aware of what was going on at the time because he was focused with his car, but he's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The, go ahead, Tony. What? The, the craziest accident I've been, I was a part of a hit and run. Um, so who we did in, you hit? We were in a minivan. I was, I was young at the time. I couldn't drive and I was with my dad and uh, we were heading somewhere and this lady uh, rear ends us and it was pretty bad too. And my dad, he tells her to pull over. We pull over. We get out the car. They, they said something. They were having a disagreement, obviously. They get back in the car, and she runs. Nah, man. She know. runs. Speeds off. My dad is livid. Yeah. I have never seen my father this mad at anything ever. Um, he, We caught up to her. We were on Pulaski, like 79th and Pulaski. Uh, and then we we chase her across Kedzie to like 55th or something like that, or like like just chasing her. And the cops didn't see us. It was just weird. We were going insanely fast. She finally pulls over. She we found out, you know, she doesn't speak English very well. Not assured. Um, she she's un, uh, she's not legal. Like, so she's like, don't call the police, don't call the police, don't call the police. So my dad didn't call the police, but he threatened to go to the police because she ran. But her boyfriend came over. He gave my dad like 800 bucks cash, and that was the end of it. But that was crazy. Everybody was okay at the end of that? Oh, yeah. Bucks, yeah I 800 bucks cash is yeah, street. Yeah, I had a metal bat. In my hand, I don't know what I was gonna do as a kid, but I had a metal bat in my hand just in case it got crazy. I was you taken away from you. <laughs> yeah, good that you were ready, Tony. Good that you were ready for your dad to rip that out of your hands and scold you right. hey. for whatever you thought you were gonna do with that. You ain't gotta get ready if you stay ready. All right. <laughs> have have either of you guys gotten your teeth whitened before? Not professionally with no. white strips. Oh, so you've done the like the you mean like at a dentist office or, yeah. at, or you can get it done at the mall, can't you? There's usually like some kiosk at the mall. No, I mean like the real one where your teeth won't fall out after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so never. Uh I did that yesterday for the first time. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, all right, I'm on TV often enough where this should make a difference. And I'm a avid coffee drinker. Ah, so yeah. obviously you got to take care of your your teeth. And so I'm like, all right. I'll do this. Go in. They're really nice. All right, all right. This is this is the shade you're at. This is the process. And so what they do is they like put this sensitivity stuff on your teeth because like your they say your teeth are gonna get sensitive under yeah. the survival. Every time that's why I don't like doing the white strips, is because then my teeth are like sore after I do that. Bro, 
And so then they do that. And then they put this like peroxide solution on with a brush. Mm-hmm. And then they you, like your mouth is like wired open. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. And then they put this ultraviolet light on your teeth for 15 minutes at a time. Okay. How many rounds of that? Four times. Oh, this is long. Okay. So the first two times, easy, right? Mm-hmm. Or the first time, easy. She does the second time. And it's at this point, I'm like, huh, this doesn't feel the most comfortable. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, think of, for everybody who's listening, think of it as putting ice directly on your teeth. Yeah. And that sensitivity that you feel or ice cream directly on your teeth. Yes. Think of that every minute and a half to two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then after the third one, it gets to the point where maybe 10 minutes into the third one, I'm like, yeah, I'm hoping this is the last round because I don't know how much longer I can take this. <laughs> so I come back and she, I, was, she, I was like, is that good? She's like, we might have to do one more round. And I'm like, oh my gosh. She was like, is it starting to feel sensitive? I said, yeah. She's like, all right, I'll take it down. So they take the setting down to medium. See, like and a single tear running down the side of Russ's face. I'm not gonna lie, bro. It definitely came down because I'm just <laughs> oh, this is crazy. Finished the uh the last round. And I'll admit, like, my teeth look great. They do awesome and it's worth it. They do. But I get out of the dentist chair and she's like, all right, we're gonna give you this um sensitivity toothpaste brush. Um, and your teeth will be a little sensitive, but it'll go away. Bro, when I tell you I get out of the dentist's office and my teeth are hurting so bad, like this, it was crazy. Like I instantly went to Walgreens and like took four ibuprofen, mm. like that rough. And it was like that for like, after I took the ibuprofen, it was okay. But like eight hours of every four or five minutes, just this sharp, intensity in my teeth i feel like women have no appreciation for the measures we go to and the things we endure to look good listen man you gotta do what you gotta do especially if you want the tony okay so so <laughs> tony. like we're like tony. four minutes into the show and i'm not even tony. sure what that means but we're gonna have to bleep it out tony You're gotta be kidding me tony, tony. <laughs> oh my god It feels like we've been talking about a lot of uh, racist adjacent things lately, but the world is racist and or racist adjacent. I agree with you, but it seems like uh, things over at the four letter network over at ESPN have been very racist adjacent lately. <laughs> and the latest incident coming via uh, Stephen A. Smith, who on his show first take the other day uh, made some super racist adjacent comments and xenophobic adjacent comments about Shohei Otani. Um, and on, I didn't know which incident you were about to refer to because that there wasn't just one. Yeah, there were there were multiple, and um, this one is Shohei Otani, though. We'll get to the second one in a couple <laughs> of minutes here, but yeah, it's talking about Otani. Obviously, the All Star MLB All Star game was this week, and Shohei Otani is the darling of all things baseball right now, and should be. You know, he's tearing it up, leads the league in home runs, broke the record for home runs by a Japanese born player. Like that man is the MVP front runner right now. And there's, there's, it's not really close. Um, but on f- first take this week, Stephen A was talking about why Shohei Otani being the, one of the faces of baseball was not good for the sport. 
and said, quote, the fact that you have a foreign player that doesn't speak English, believe it or not, I think contributes to harming the game to some degree when that's your box office appeal. It needs to be somebody like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, those guys. And unfortunately, at this point in time, that's not the case. Continues when you talk about an audience gravitating to the two or to the ballpark to actually watch you. I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what the hell he's saying in this country. And that's what I'm trying to say. We've talked about um, to personalize it. One of the reasons that I speak another language in general, but especially as a reporter in baseball, it's because I want to be able to relate to players and to help players understand me. Right. I think there's so many different things and so many different levels wrong with what Stephen A said. Number one, uh, Shohei Otani might be a top five player in baseball when you consider all the things that he does. Not only is he the one of the best hitters in the game right now, he leads the league in, uh, in home runs. He also pitches every five days and is doing something that he's breaking records seemingly every day. He's doing something that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. Anytime you're in the same conversation with Babe Ruth, you're doing something not only special, but extraordinary. And the fact that we time and time again, like there's this, and it seems that at that network, things like this seem to be okay. Right. And I think the, my issue here is with Stephen A because I think this is somebody who does not know what he's talking about. Somebody who is spewing ignorance on it in a place where that spreads like wildfire, right? We're not talking about somebody who has no following. We're talking about their number one person over at that network. And the fact that he not only says that that's harmful for the game, I think Shohei Otani, if you talk to anybody in baseball, he's attracting people to the game. You know, he's doing all these different things. He's different. He's this, he's six, five. He's an incredible figure. He's fun. People enjoy him. He has, you know, those people who are just gifable. Like you can make memes like that's him. He's funny. He enjoys playing the game. And I think uh, the 10, five of the top watched games this season in major league baseball have been games where Shohei Otani played. Right. I, and I think the, the, if you look at so many different angles, the reason this dude is the number one attraction in the game right now, along with guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr., yeah. who, by the way, none of those guys are from the United States. And those are the some of the top players in the game right now. I would say four of the top five players in the game right now. Like, that tells you where the game's at. And I personally, I think the game's in a good place because guys like that are involved. Guys like that are on the big stage guys like that get to show their personalities and they're different and it's not the same. And we're getting you, you, there's this youth movement in baseball. Like all those guys are under 28 years old. And I think that's amazing for baseball. So to say that, that those guys are uh, Shohei specifically needing an interpreter is bad for the game is just totally off base. And I think I'm, I think we need to have a, at some point, it might not have to be today or this month, talk about how Stephen A's turn, right? Because I think when we talk about Stephen A. Smith, there's always the talk, the respect of what he did to build himself to this level, respect the reporter, reporter, columnist, and got himself to being the number one person at ESPN. But I think the problem is what it's be, what he's become in the last decade is some, that's not that person that 
grinded their way to get to ESPN in the first place, right? Who made themselves one of the most popular names in sports media. Like he's become a a caricature of himself. And that's done a lot more harm to his reputation where people don't even, he almost don't even remember who he was before he got there because things like this continue to happen. And I think the fact that you have to have people like my guy, June Lee, um, over at ESPN, come on first take and explain to a person that should know better why things like this, saying things like this are not okay and are uninformed and are ignorant. You have to have Jeff Pass and come on first take and tell a, a person who's grown as hell, who should know better, why this is not okay and why you can't say things like this and why they are ignorant and why it's, you're spreading misinformation. I think that says a lot about where Stephen A is right now. I think it says a lot about where ESPN is right now, because not only did they have one of their main stars do this, but then it becomes content, right? Content oh, yeah. always can. Yeah. And so we now get like, another day out of this. By tomorrow, having, tomorrow, everybody. first take Stephen A apologizes for the yeah. bullshit. He said, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's frustrating. And I think, we've talked about this part too. Like at the end of the day, that becomes a reason that people don't want to share with media, small M because media, large M makes these grand deals from mistakes. And then the people in local markets, the people who are trying to do a good job, the people who are respectable, reputable journalists that are doing their thing, get the, the blowback from that. And I think that's another problem of things like this continuing to happen, especially at that network. And what you said about it seeming like this is tolerated there, mm-hmm. it doesn't. There doesn't seem to be any any of this reaction to it until there's blowback. Right. Once there's blowback from the public, then they're like, "Yeah, we we are against this too." We saw it very clearly, clear as could be, with Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor, where this thing was swept under the rug for a year, and then it leaks out. And then Rachel Nichols is taken off the broadcast. Then, oh, once we're, like once we get caught, then we're sorry. We're not. We're sorry, really, that we keep getting caught for these things. And then, like to go to that, like she was, she's been on first. I mean, um, the jump every day. Just have to make that lame plow ahead, man. Apology and nope, no nothing, nothing else happens. Some that seems to be working sometimes for people. I mean, you see, normally you might cave to the public pressure, but now it's kind of like, nope, I'm not resigning. I'm not quitting. I'm not stepping down. And we're just, I'm just going to keep railroading, plowing ahead and hope that enough people forget about it so we can just move on. And then he must've been, he was definitely on one that day because later in the show, he says when referring to why team USA lost to Nigeria in exhibition Uh, play in basketball he says there's no excuse to lose to nigeria to lose to some dude uh i won't say the guy's names but like he just loses some dudes uh gabe namdi who goes by gabe vincent and plays with miami heat or caleb agala or in whatever the hell however the hell you pronounce his name you give up 60 points on threes excuse me you can do better than that i think there's you're disrespecting not only a country you're dis- disrespecting people's heritage. You're disrespecting uh, the country where people come from, um, their ancestors come from, where maybe his ancestors, uh, Stephen A's ancestors come from. And I think, like, you can talk about being upset that a team that you think should have won a basketball game lost, okay? 
But when you disparage somebody's heritage, culture, where they come from for your content, um, that crosses a line. And I think to have these two things happen in the same episode, I think that just it just shows exactly where that dude's at right now. I think a couple of different things uh, about this Stephen A situation. Uh, Which one? Right. <laughs> Which one are you uh, referring to? Both, actually. Okay. Um, one, I think Stephen A has become a generalist and not really a... I mean, he knows basketball or supposed to know basketball, um, but I think he's just he has to come up with so many things to say for so much for like a long amount of time throughout the day uh, that he's not as in it as they would like for you to believe he is. Um, I think it's just too much. So he has to come up with these surface level arguments sometimes for sports that he's not really died in dialed into like baseball. Um, well, and then you have to amp it up to 11. Right. For and, and the on, sake of TV. Right. And on, on, on top of not having the proper and requisite amount of information, you also have to have these flamboyant take, takes to make it entertaining. Um, so I think that combination alone kind of leads to things that can be said that are really bad. Um, and two, Stephen A., for those arguments specifically, he's playing up to a specific audience. And it's the audience that has gotten him paid and it's the average white person. Um, by saying, you know, America isn't gonna accept, uh, uh, you know, a Japanese player because he, I mean, what does that sound like? That sounds like the last regime. That sounds like half the country that, that voted for that last regime. That's what it sounds like. And those people like Stephen A too, because he has some questionable takes on some various topics, racial topics that uh, I can't remember specifically, but I remember being taken aback by some things that Stephen A have said over uh, a few important topics. He was um, very um, on the respectability politics movement of right. well, black people need to do this. Yeah. And if you do this, these things will happen. A lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And like he plays to that audience fairly well so it didn't shock me that he had that take that's i assume like a lot of different people that again voted for that last regime think the same way uh but here's what i will say though and i know you mentioned that now the next day is content um he's eating it he sat on first take and had jeff passing on and had june lee come on and he had to eat it all day today that's how i viewed that where Rachel Nichols had that 20 seconds and then Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson took over and now it's back to business. Throughout that show, on first take, Stephen A had to eat it. And I got to respect that to a certain degree, that he went to work and ate it. They didn't go on. They didn't move on. They didn't act like he didn't. it didn't happen. They said, well, he talked about it on his own social media. We don't have to bring it back to first take. No, they brought it back on first take. And he had to sit there and be corrected. And to, to, to a small degree, I kind of respect it. I don't respect it because this is not the first time that you had, to, this has had to happen, right? This is not. And then the second thing is, if you're from the network perspective, 
you're probably like, oh, well, this is what we can do. We can have Jeff Passon come on because, you know, we employ Jeff Passon and we can have June Lee comes on. And she, and by the way, sidebar, shout out to June Lee. That's my guy. And they probably like, all right, June Lee's Asian-American. He can represent that that people group. Right. Come on. We won't feel as bad because we have a, 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 a Asian person coming on and telling Steve A. Why this is wrong. Perfect. This is great. Yeah. And it's it shouldn't be this shouldn't be a content thing. Right. This shouldn't this should be a you cannot keep allowing these things to happen thing in my mind. It seems now, it yes. feels wrong to you that they're able to essentially profit off this. Right. Mistake, right. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like, yeah. Did he eat it? Yes. But if right. him eating it was planned, it was good I'm for not, ratings. I don't rock with that. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. It can't, because it can't be, instantly it can't be, it can't you had Jeff. It can't be two things going on at the same time. Like, yes, they benefit from having this on, but also publicly on national television, Stephen A is eating it all day today. It just feels nasty because like immediately after it happened, first of all, this dude made three apologies, right? <laughs> Within a span of uh, two hours. And then like you had Jeff passing on Twitter be like, I'll be on first take tomorrow. Cause I have some things that, like the whole thing seemed like a rollout and I didn't They're promoting like, it. Yeah. I didn't like that. And like the, Everybody should go listen to what June had to say on there because I think it was great. And uh, June is was very eloquent in the things he had to say. But like, yeah, I don't I don't like my man's being used as a pawn in this. I didn't, he might not even look at that. But for me, it felt like like, all right, let's get June on here because I think June will be able to write the ship. But Russ, um, like, like you can't do the same. You can't say, oh, man, everybody go check out what June said. It was very eloquent. Well, and, I'm saying, the, word, the words that June said were valid important and needed to be said at the same time and helpful for other people to hear correct but i'm saying like i don't like that i feel like espn played up the moment and used what my guy said to make it like oh it's okay now everybody apologized he people told him why i was wrong and now we can move on like i think there's a bigger issue here that won't go away after these apologies are made after the smart people come in the room and tell them why this is wrong I you thought know. it was. I thought. I thought it was the best way to handle it. Honestly, like they're not going to fire him over this. I don't think there's a firing. I just. This. I think from the executive level, there has to be a shift because you can't keep doing this. Where every week somebody got to apologize for some mess that they say on your air. Like that's a that's a fundamental problem at your network. But I mean, when you when you when you have to make up so much content for 24 hours, someone's going to mess up. Someone's going to say something stupid. Like, so that's why, like, the more I think about the, the Rachel Nichols stuff and the more I think about, like, this Stephen A stuff, like, they do so much and have to come up with so much content. They're still human beings. They're going to say dumb things that they're going to have to apologize for. I think it's just the coincidence that it's happened kind of consecutively with Rachel and then Stephen A. But, like, they're going to say dumb stuff. That well, doesn't mean a- they need to, like, fire. They, they're going to go to, like, training. Like, people are going to say dumb things. I'm just saying, like you say that they're doing so much. I agree. You have Stephen A. covering like every major sport, covering boxing, covering all this different, and like, hey, Stephen A. Go out there. Like, I don't think that's that's not fair to him. That's also not fair to your quote unquote viewers. Mm-hmm. At the same time, then stop doing that. Stop putting him on everything where he can't focus in on and he's not informed. And stop putting people on every little thing because you have to cover 24 hours of content because that dilutes your product. And it opens yourself up to people saying ridiculous things like have been said the last couple of weeks. That's all. That's we're just where 
I feel like you're right in a lot of ways, but I just think ESPN, they have a job to do. Like they, there are things that they, steps that they need to take because the way they're running things, you're going to get things like this continuing to happen on a weekly basis. What I hope that a bunch of people understand from all of this, from these two incidents of what he said about Shohei Otani and the backlash and what he said about the Nigerian basketball players is this isn't about political correctness or being quote woke things like that. This is about, this is what's powerful about what, what June Lee said uh, and what Emmanuel Acho tweeted about Stephen A. Smith's comments about the Nigerian basketball team. What's powerful about the reaction that those two had to these stories is that it teaches you why this is hurtful to your neighbors, to people who live here, to people that you should care about and it should matter to you. Even if you're like, well, what's the big deal? It doesn't really matter. You don't know what that's like. I had friends, uh, a lot of them were Asian American that plenty of them in high school, they didn't go by their actual name. They had a, they had a given name and they went by just like with, uh, what was the player? Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they would go by Michael or David or something, an Americanized name. And this is very common for children of immigrants is to avoid being made fun of, to avoid being mocked like Stephen A. Smith did. And that should matter to you how those people feel. It shouldn't be about how it comes across or how it looks or whether it gets you in trouble. You should care how it hurts those people. Yo, it's Russ Dorsey. Look, you've been waiting. I've been waiting. And now it's time. Sports adjacent merch is now available for pre-order on obviousshirts.com. That's obviousshirts.com. Look, you want some new merch? You want some stuff that says sports adjacent? Maybe Tony Gill versus libraries. Maybe you love Russ Dorsey. We have shirts for you too. Go to obviousshirts.com, make your pre-orders, and you'll have that merch in no time. But don't forget, because we have this great partnership with our friends over at Avia Shirts, you can use promo code ADJACENT10 to get 10% off your purchase. That's promo code ADJACENT10 to get 10% off your purchase. Avia Shirts, words on shirts. Russ, we have a guest. We do have a guest. I was going to say friend, but guest is more appropriate. Mm. I was hesitant to do this, but Tony has been asking for months. So reluctantly, welcome Billy Gill from the Levitard Show to our podcast, the Sports Adjacent. Hello, Billy. Hey, guys. What's going on? Yes, thank you. <laughs> right. uh, you, I, you. Tony I'm reminds not- me a lot of you, Tony Gill and Billy Gill. Like it's Tony does things that ruin our show, too. So. Well, you guys uh, have that in common. In Billy's defense, a word, man. I feel Billy's like I improved the, the show. Like, nah, man. In Billy's defense, he's been a part of a much more successful podcast <laughs> <laughs> than Sports Jason. But we did just start out, so maybe, maybe one day Tony will go on somebody's podcast after we've had a successful like fifteen year run doing this. Has Tony had his alarm go off in the middle of a podcast? Because that just happened to me right now, and I was hoping no one caught it. <laughs> No, didn't catch it. No, he Tony will, has his email and stuff go off all the time. Tony will say things that we have to tell him to edit out each yeah. week. So <laughs> even worse. Give me some examples, Tony. I've uh, I've took a I I think I've just say the words. Just start blurting out all the words that you know you're not allowed to say here, but you do anyway, and then we have oh, to yeah. edit it later. Uh, Jason told me not to say. 
Um, that was today. Yeah, that right was today. There, that's enough. Thank you. That's oh, a okay. that's a conclusive list. I appreciate it. Billy, you are on a uh, much more successful show for now. Debatable. We're coming. We're coming. Uh, I, we, we saw, as everyone else did, you guys got the bag. I know what that means. That means you guys got paid a lot. Mm. And uh, have you, what, what did you do with all the money? $45 I mean, million. Dollars. What did you buy, Billy? I got a DraftKings hoodie. Is that, okay. is that right. something? Right. Okay. That yeah. was probably free. Have you guys uh, had enough was. money? Have you guys had enough money to hire someone else to handle all the t-shirts instead of you? I know you were always the guy being pestered to send out t-shirts. Tony uh, is one of those people actually that pestered you on Twitter to, to send a t-shirt and you actually did. Pestered seems like kind of not a nice word. Accosted? You put it that way. Well, I will admit I was not a huge fan of, by the way, thank you for having me on. I will admit I was not a huge fan of uh, the t-shirt sending, not because I didn't want to, well, no, because I didn't want to send the t-shirts because it just became a thing where it was like, I, I wanted to not put it that way. Cause I didn't want it to seem like I felt like I could be doing more important things. But at a certain point I was like, I have a lot of other responsibilities. Like maybe someone else can send the shirt. So I asked Chris Cody to do it. Uh, and then shortly after I realized none of the shirts were getting sent out, which was basically what I had been doing. So I just kind of took that over again. And Tony, I guess got one of the shirts that I, that I did send out. Yeah. yeah you know, the thing also though, Jason, and sorry to interrupt is that there was, they were coming from all over the place because it was like people tweeting Twitter. Yeah. So yeah. then I have to like reach out and like, Hey, where are you from? Let me get your address. Let me get your size. Right. Let me get your info. And then some people would be like, can you actually send me like six? Because you know, my cousin and this and that I'm like, sure. Cause I wasn't going to say no to anyone. Right. So I would get kind of like almost these special orders. And then some of them were like in England and all of these places. And it's like, <laughs> sure. I don't know how to, I don't know how to mail something to England. Like this doesn't seem, I don't think this is in like our very basic UPS right. campus ship, like form that we have. So those never ended up getting, there was like one in England and one in like Tokyo. And I'm like, it's probably oh, like $47 to ship a t-shirt to Tokyo. Well, I know. Well, no, I mean like some of these, if you look at the thing, so I guess when you register for this UPS, whatever it is, right it shows you like how much it would be if you paid regular price. And some of them that were like going to Florida were like $30 or something. I'm like, this seems like an enormous waste of money, but Hey, if people want shirts, I'll keep the, I mean, I wasn't paying for it. So whatever, it didn't really matter that much to me. How much were you getting uh, costed by people in public? If you're at a Marlins game or Publix doing your grocery shopping, how often did you have people, at Twitter, I feel like you can ignore. Tony's tweeting you every day begging for a shirt. You can ignore that if you want to. When somebody comes up in the middle of whatever you're doing, that's a little different. Um, accosted a bit strong. I wouldn't say accosted, but I was maybe hounded, I think is kind of like a nicer way of putting it. It would always be like, hey, how is it nicer? Well, I don't know. But they'd be like, <laughs> hey, Billy, I'm a big fan of the show. Can you send me a shirt? And I'm like, uh sure write down all of your information on this piece of paper and then you yeah. know hopefully I, I don't lose it and a lot of the times I, I didn't lose it but there were times that I would lose it and then those people would find a way to track me down I think like the craziest one was at Disney World someone was like hey can you hey Billy you know whatever can you send me a shirt I'm like yeah like write it on the back of like this receipt from like whatever pavilion because it was probably food and wine or something right yeah so then I had it in my wallet and then I got back and I'm like, where, what did I do with that piece of paper? And then like six months later, I was cleaning out my wallet and I found it. I was like, 
crap, I need to send this person <laughs> a shirt because it's been six months now. And you couldn't pass that off to somebody else because if you hand that off to Stu Gatz or Chris Cody or forget it. Gotcha. I, yeah, okay. I, try yeah, I mean, to. at least Billy's going to try. Billy, well, Billy is a challenge, but the things he does, he's going to try it. Yeah. I mean, I'll try and fail, but I'll try. But I learn, I'm, I'm not very good at delegating, right? And I don't know if it's like trust issues or if yeah, it's you're like- Yeah, you're a control freak. But it might be. It might be yeah. that. Yeah. But I would try to delegate things and then they wouldn't get done. And I'm like, never again. I just can't delegate anything because it, like the shirts was a perfect example. I was like, hey, can someone else handle the shirts? And then I'd kind of be like, hey, here's the, the, the list. Like, let's add this person. Hey, do we send out the shirt? And then they were never getting sent out. I'm like, it's just going to be easier for me to do this than to constantly be trying to ask people about shirts. Did you think we were going to talk this much about shirts today? Because I did not. <laughs> I hoped so. Russ, he's in the same position we're in where these guys that he works with are his actual friends. And so, okay. Exactly. That's how we feel about Tony. As much as Billy has, can have friends, these are probably his friends. That's a good point. Cause I honestly, I don't think I have that many friends. Like I, I'm kind of like a, not a loner. I think maybe I'd say, I guess spend more time with my wife and I have a child now, like my parents, my sister, like, I have cousins, but I'm not like a big, like, let me have a dozen friends. I was actually talking to someone the other day. Not that you care about this, but I was actually talking to someone the other day. I don't care much about most of this, but go ahead. You know, I I have this, this theory that I came up with the other day. And let me know what you guys think. I feel like you can have just because friends become a burden. And I know that's a horrible way to describe friends, (laughs) right? But friends become a burden. (laughs) So I friends feel become like, a burden. yeah, they definitely do when you hire them as your producer and then you can't get them to do any of the things that you or you your uh, business do. partner try to get them to do. Yeah. And uh, the one time that this friend who is one of the people on our show, but not Russ, uh, does his job, he wants us to like stand and applaud for him. But go ahead. So friends, as you are, are kind of describing, friends can become a burden, right? Especially when you start biz- mixing business and pleasure. So I was thinking, I feel like everyone, adults in particular, right? Because like when you're a kid, you're in like elementary school, grade school, whatever, you have like 30 friends, 40 friends, however big your class is, right? And all these yes. people are your friends. But as you become older, you kind of like start getting less and less friends. I feel yeah. like adults should have to remember 10 names, right? So you can have more than 10 friends, but as long as some of them share names, then you're good, right? <laughs> okay. Because that way you don't need to remember that many things. Originally it was five, but I'm going to say 10 in this example, just so I seem like less of a jerk, right? But like you can have like three Gregs, right? And that counts as like one name on your list of 10 names that you have to remember in terms of friends. Does that mean you also have to seek out friends with similar names like if somebody has too much of a unique name right he's like ah you're a great guy you're a great gal but our i don't have a yeah sorry i have to remember that right you can't you can't be a part of my friend group now because your name isn't ashley i have plenty of other ashley's if your name was ashley we'd be friends but yeah so we can't Hmm. It's a good question. Cause I often don't seek it's out not. friends. Well, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm just surprised that you guys indulged me this long and that you need to only know. We had you on the show. I mean, all of us except yeah. Russ knew what this was going to be. Yeah. I'm sorry, Russ. I no, it, it's cool, man. Like this, I'm cool with how many this. friends do you have? Uh, I have more than Jason. Hmm. Well, yeah, Jason's sure. Like, but Jason's like you because he's married he has kids now yeah. and he doesn't really get to do the whole go out with his friends thing anymore. We've talked about this on the pod, but like I, but so your thing would actually help him because I feel like he knows a lot of people's <laughs> name. 
like Russ probably fills up one of his spots because there's not that many of us. Yeah. Like he knows more than one Tony. I think he knows more than one Bill. So Mm. I think that would your your plan would help him. Did you guys have a difficulty in the whole lockdown? Like, did you guys get I don't want to say FOMO because I feel kind of like a jerk saying that. But like, did you get like like was it a huge like shock to your system at the beginning and now when things are kind of like loosening up, are you like ready to go wild and get out and start doing things again? Russ. Hey, chill out. It was a hard first three. It was a hard three weeks for Russ at the start of it. And then he uh, basically just went on the Florida plan. Russ is a wild boy, man. No, he's not. Why are you? Wild Billy, this is me and me and Billy's first time meeting and I don't want you to get the wrong idea. No judgment. I, my friends are being assholes right now. Uh, <laughs> to answer your question, I think from a Tony, don't laugh, but a physical touch standpoint, right? Think about anytime you see a friend, like you give them like the dap hug, yeah. right? Give your mom like a regular hug, whatever. That physical yeah. touch, you don't have, we didn't have that for like months at a time during quarantine. And like you have a parent that's, at risk or you know somebody like jason who took the virus very seriously like you're supposed to like those people that you would have that contact with like you didn't so it's like damn i haven't hugged anybody in like four months that was really weird (laughs) tony i promise i sent your check in the mail today but i will go to the mail and (laughs) go to the post office right now and tell them to give that thing back to me he can put you on mute too and i'd support it so yeah, I I think you you did you I had that for a little a couple months. What's going doing? wild for you coming out of the pandemic? I'm surprised you guys even heard about the pandemic down in Florida, by the way, Billy. But what what's going wild consist of for you now? Well, that's kind of the thing is that I, so headed into it when you like started hearing like you know you may have to be locked in your house for two weeks right. and then we'll get back to normal life and it's like two weeks like holy crap, what am I going to do at home for two weeks? Like, that sounds like torture, <laughs> right? And I had like all this anxiety and I have like friends that are doctors and stuff. I'm like, have you heard of this coronavirus? Like, what's going on with that? Like, is it really possible that like, we're gonna have to stay home for like three weeks and not go anywhere and not talk to people? Like, that seems like a lot of time, like two, three weeks. That's crazy, right? And I was like really anxious about it going up to it. And I was like talking to my wife. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to do this. Like I'm used to getting up and going to work and like, I have a routine like everyone else. Right. How are we going to just stop that? And then once we were like, I want to say a month and a half, two months into it, I'm like, yeah, like I, this is fine. Like I'm, I'm become like a used to this. I would go and do, cause my parents live in the same city as I do. So like I'd go and I'd visit them like from afar. It took a while till we got to that point. Right. Where it was like, let's go visit. But I was like you, I wasn't like hugging them. Cause I'm like, ah, you know, they're not like old, but it, at the same time, it's like, I don't want to risk like any possibility just because I have like the guilt of like, if something happens to them, I'm going to think, was it me or whatever. Right. And now that things are like opening up again, I'm like, I don't know that I'm ready to get back into like the way things used to be. Like I've kind of gotten used to doing it this other way for like a year and a half now. And I'm not too eager. I had to go to a movie theater. Right. I know it sounds like ridiculous to say I had to, but Chris Cody, who works with me, on the Dan Levitard show, he produces now a movie podcast with Adnan Virk and they were doing a fast and furious episode. And they're like, can you go watch the movie? And I'm like, I had no intention of going to a movie theater 
forever, right? But I was trying to kind of help them out because I knew no one else was going to do this. So I, I picked like a little tiny theater, like a one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday matinee just to go out. And the whole time I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this. There's people around me. Like, I really don't like this. And I like, it was a thing where it's like, well, if you're vaccinated, you can take off your mask and, you know, honor system. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, I'm going to keep it on just in case. I don't yeah. really know what's going on. in this whole Delta variant, oh, I'm good. Like, you know, I won't I watch do, this I do, movie, but. I do think we should keep some things like at least half of the social distance. Like it may not six feet, but. I was I like having the room where somebody isn't like breathing down my neck standing in line for something. I would I like the that social distance part of it. Um but I'm good with everything else. Like other than that, I'm straight. It's also great if you're like a rude person, not like rude rude but like rude where like <laughs> you don't go up and like say hello to everyone and yeah. like you don't say goodbye to everyone yeah. when you leave or like oh, you know hey, it, it was like the person's like oh, I'm not You don't get in these prolonged conversations with a cashier. Well, not just that, but it was like a get out of anything card forever. It's like, I'm not comfortable. I'm not going to go. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> right. We're like, You're if just I have canceling a- things, you're just yeah, making like plans if- and then canceling them an hour beforehand, being like, well, I feel oh, a little warm. Like, yeah. who's all going? Uh, I don't right. think I feel comfortable with that. I can't do that now. Mm-hmm. Would you guys do that? I mean, it seems like, Russ, just kind of the vibe that I'm getting from Tony is that he feels like you're the one that was kind of like most reckless during all of this. But would you do that? <laughs> like, if you were going places, like, kind of like, who is going? And then it's like, let me see what they've been up to lately because yes. I'm not sure that I want to put myself in that position. Yeah, because like you have, you, you guys, I think all of you guys had like your circle, like the group yeah. of people that you probably saw during the pandemic. So yeah, yes. you wouldn't want to break your circle. So for me, I was definitely on that. All right, who have you been around? Have you been to any gatherings where there was more than five people there? Because if you have, I'm definitely not going. You would send them a questionnaire or something? Yeah. Well, like not, I, if it was a friend texting me like, hey, do you want to hang out? We got some people coming over. It's like, all right, how many people yeah. and have those people kept in their circle? Have you or anyone, you know, experienced fever, chills, loss of sense? It's like the same thing. I got to fill out to go cover Bears practice. Right. It was right. also like a big like trust thing with your friends. Right. Because I would just straight up like, I don't trust you. Like, I'm sorry. I know what you're telling me. I think you're a liar. Like, I've seen kind of what you're up to. I don't trust you. Like, 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 you know, your IG story is like available for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was, no, I've been I've been safe. I've been safe. And then you look at their Instagram right. and it's mm. like the same as James Harden's. We have very different views of what's safe and responsible are right now during all yeah. of this. Well, this is a perfect, this was a perfect storm for you. This is perfect. Like right in your wheelhouse, some big uh, crisis like this, where you have to be extra vigilant, extra anxious, stay away from people. You've been waiting for this. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say I was waiting for this. This A lot of bad came with this. You're making this seem like this was like a great experience for me. Definitely was not, but I will say that I became more accustomed to like the social distancing and all that than I thought I was going to at the beginning. And now I'm again, I'm like having trouble like reprogramming myself to get back to like normalcy. But down here, like you were saying, it it hasn't been like very cautious for a while now. Like people have been pretty wild for I'd say at yeah. least six months. And that's probably like being loose with how long they've been wild. Uh, Russ, that would be one of my barriers. Is, has anybody been has anyone that's gonna be at this family get together been to Florida recently? It's a good question to ask. You can weed out a lot of people doing that. Look, those those my those Miami trips were cheap. That's the thing. Oh yeah, everything was cheap. That thing. That's the thing is that so many people were like, you know what? This is like a really good price. Let me do it. It's like <laughs> just so you know, like 
We're not going yeah. on vacation from the virus. That's still a thing. Even though you're not home, like it's not taking vacation. That, that had to have been fun for you, Billy. Like you're, you're already kind of on edge and nervous about all this. And by the way, we're going to offer all of the most reckless people around the country dirt cheap tickets to fly here. Yeah. Yeah. These are your house guests. Russ, do you wear a mask in the grocery store and stuff like that still? Still? Or how do you decide whether or not, like if you're going to go into Mariano's or Jewel or something, how do you decide whether or not to put on a mask I when you get out of the car? I think I like walking in the Whole Foods today. I did not have a mask on. It, yeah. one, it was partly because, all right, I'm fully vaccinated. I feel like because of the state we live in, I'm fairly confident that most others are vaccinated. If I lived down in Florida with Billy, I'd probably be more cautious. Or if I lived in one of these states where like they had a rise in the Delta variant or all that, I'd feel more concerned. I guess I'm just not right now. Uh, yeah. Should I be? I think that's the the conversation a lot of people are having with themselves. Like, man, we made it this far. I didn't get it. Like I was like they wanted us to get the vac the vaccine so we could be safe. We did. And now, like, should we go back to putting masks on? I think that's the the battle that people are having right now. So me personally, I haven't. But I also like I'm going to St. Louis next week. And I imagine that's one of the states that's on the Delta variant list. I'll probably have my mask on. Well, my wife decides it based on peer pressure, basically. Like if she's getting out of the car at Target and she sees a couple people walking in with masks, then she'll put on a mask. And if she sees people walking in without masks, then she doesn't wear She doesn't want to be the only person in there doing whatever it is, wearing or not wearing. That's interesting. I mean, I, for the most part, am still wearing masks when I go to like stores and stuff like that, right? Uh, but I'll admit I've been to two outdoor weddings in the last uh, like month and 98% of the people I'd say were not wearing masks. And it's like, am I going to be the one that's wearing it? Which is like crazy to think like, oh, let me do like, let me fall, let me give into peer pressure right now and not do something <laughs> that, you know, could yeah. probably like help me health wise because I'm right. worried to be like looked at. But I guess that's just speaking to my insecurities and need for acceptance. I, I believe that you had a baby during the pandemic. Is that correct? I did. I had, I had a, a probably more than stressful like pandemic. I, I moved, I had a baby. Um, I also just speaking of people coming down, like I lived at the beach during most of it. Right. Which was like okay. the worst time because I couldn't do anything. Right. And I also didn't want to, like, I was like, I'm not going to be doing anything. I'm not going to go to the beach. I'm not going to do any of that. So like, it was a total waste. The apartment could have been absolutely anywhere. It didn't matter, but yeah, I had a baby and we, uh, my wife and I had been planning, you know, like, you know, we want to have a baby, you know, this year and kind of like right. trying to plot out like our lives. Right. And we now, every time, like we go somewhere, whatever, like, Oh, you had a Corona baby. It's like, I mean, <laughs> I guess technically, but like, not really. Like we were, it wasn't like an accident, which I know is like rude, but like, I don't want to say like my baby was an accident or it was like the result of like boredom at home. So like, let's have a baby. <laughs> like that's now how my daughter gets labeled. Like, Oh, another Corona baby. It's yeah. Like, ah. yeah. Parenthood. Are you, how old is your daughter? Uh, it's like six weeks or something. Five weeks, six weeks. She's oh, right now weeks six weeks old. Her. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize she was that young. Well, good for you. Congratulations. Thanks. And I was waiting for the text when she was born. <laughs> have you, uh, have you co-opted any of the baby products? Have you found any of the baby baby products that you're like, Oh, Hey, I forgot all about this. I, I want to use this too. 
I mean, I'm waiting till we get to like the soft foods, right? So where I could get like the puddings or like the applesauce and yeah. stuff like that. Where like maybe I sneak them and then we like start having a conversation. Like, did she eat all of this food? I was like, I don't know. I guess we better just go get some more. But right now, like she's just using diapers and baby wipes. So I, I don't have, I did find actually, I don't know how you guys feel about baby wipes, but I did find like a package of baby wipes, like in the bathroom that I was like, I'm pretty sure these are supposed to be for our daughter. Like I know that sometimes like we'll have wipes in the bathroom, but like it's not take like, her supply of baby wipes, right? Like, can we just get like our own adult ones? But yeah, no, I haven't used any of her diapers. If that's what you were asking, Jason, babies are weird. I'm learning. I'm learning all of this stuff. Also, they grow very quickly and are like, I can't use half of the newborn stuff anymore. The diaper yeah. sizes are constantly changing. What a racket. These diapers, what a waste oh, yeah. of money. <laughs> Don't buy any clothes that are nice because they'll last like a week. Yeah. Like at, what... a ba- at, at a baby shower. It's like, why would anybody want, want clothes? Just give me money, like whatever you were gonna spend. Just give me the money because they're gonna—they're not gonna use the clothes next week. So we're still living off of like the diapers because they do like this diaper raffle thing. That it's like, oh, bring me a you know box of diapers and then be entered in this raffle to win. I don't know some stupid like a candle. But we got so many diapers like that, and we're like still living off of like the diaper raffle diapers. But I've always felt that way about like kids' shoes, right? Like I'll go yes. places and I see that like they have kids that have like air force ones and like Jordans and night and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, those shoes are going to last that kid like two weeks. That seems like a ginormous waste of money. Mm. Like, unless you're going to go somewhere and take like pictures that'll last forever. It just seems like a total waste to get really expensive shoes for a baby who, by the way, oftentimes can't even walk. So shoes are completely pointless. Like what do you need traction on shoes for a baby for? They can't walk. How do you, how do you feel about baby birthdays? Like up to a certain age, like, like a like, one-year-old birthday where the kid right. doesn't even know what's these, going on. Right. I see these extravagant kid birthday parties and they bring like neighbors, other kids. And it's like, it's none of them are going to remember. This. Like this literally means nothing to them. Why are they spending so much? What's that, Russ? I was saying like, it's definitely just for the parents to have their friends come over and like drink and have a good time. A hundred percent. It's for the parents. <laughs> I saw on Instagram the other day, my wife was showing me. Uh, like a friend of hers had a one-year-old uh, birthday party and they rented out like Rusty Pelican, which is like this expensive restaurant down here in Miami. And they had like this giant balloon thing. I'm like, they must've spent like 10 grand on this birthday. And then afterwards they're putting up like on the same story, like baby, whatever the baby's name is after party. And they're out on a yacht, of course, without the baby. And it's like, what is going on here? Like this seems like this was just an excuse for you to have your friends at a party and then go out on a yacht. It has nothing to do with the baby. I was surprised. I think that for most people, having a baby makes them think much more long term yeah. and think about like the world they'll be leaving to their kids. And so I was surprised very recently to hear you come out very strongly as anti-environment. Oh, my and God. That's I not appreciated that it, though, because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Because nature is there for us to conquer, man. And I'm not looking for a part time job. Survival of the fittest, Jason. Cycle things. So can you explain your stance on the environment? Yeah. Before we do, let me just ask you guys one question. How do you feel about being invited to babies parties like a friends of yours if you don't have a child? Because I used to absolutely hate that. Like, what am I going to do at a one-year-old party or two-year-old's party if I don't have a child? Oh, what am I going to do at an eight-year-old's birthday party? Yeah. All right. So, Tony, this will make you happy. So I'll ask, hey, who's going? And are any of your fine single friends going? Oh, 
Okay. That's usually how I make that. That's decision. how you gauge whether this is going to be worthwhile. Yes. Okay. I just uh, I just hit him with the, oh, yeah, okay, okay, and then just never show up. Well, and then <laughs> the past year, you could be like, I just, I'm not comfortable. I'm yeah, not comfortable. Yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> you know, where's you that baby? Six, ben? I'm not comfortable six. being around that baby. Well, it seems also babies and Jason, like you could tell me, but babies also seem kind of like a get out of jail free card, right? Where you're like, oh, someone has to watch the baby. I don't think I'd be able to make it to that. Billy, you can stretch that out till my kids are seven and 10 and I could still use that. I could still get out of something. If Russ and I had plans and the truth to get together and the truth was that like, I just am tired and worn out and just not really feeling it. I can be like, yeah, the kids are really having a hard time. The kids have really been acting up lately. And my kids are way past that age. What percentage of the time are you actually honest with that? I don't like to cancel plans. Once something's mm-hmm. on the books, I stick to that whether I want to or not. Russ knows that. I, uh, my brother, I don't cancel a lot of plans. My brother is having a kid in November. I'm already using that excuse for things. Really? It's not even your kid. Yeah, what's the yeah, excuse? I know, but it's, oh, I'm how like, is that? Yeah, how does right that now, right now, I'm like baby adjacent right now. Uh-huh. So I feel like it's close enough where I'm like, ah, oh, I got to go help my brother build a crib or something that's great that's my favorite yeah well when once a baby's born you babysit i gotta babysit uh yeah it's it's a never it's a never-ending possibility training that i can use to get out of stuff that's that's interesting that you don't cancel plans uh because so do you just say no up front because i feel like the pressure to say yes to everything like you will very rarely catch me saying no i'll just be like "Mm, maybe and once i get maybe it's it's a no right but i'll just be like ah we'll see maybe we'll see because i don't want to like i don't want to let a person down it's just like a weird defect that i have where i can't just like tell someone to their face like no i have no interest in what you're inviting me to do so i'll just be like oh we'll see maybe and then it'll always be like oh I don't know this happened or that happened. And then I feel like a jerk after, but I also feel like people have gotten used to that. And that's probably also why I don't get invited places anymore. I just want to be totally straightforward with people. So if I tell you, maybe it means maybe I means I got to figure some stuff out and then I'll let you know. And if I know that I can't do it, I'll just say, no, I can't. Hmm. I think it's all how you say it. I think it's all how you say it to the person like Jason. Uh, he's a bit more straightforward than I am. If somebody asks me to do something, I'm like, ah, I don't think I want to do that. Like kind of like in a jokingly matter, but they get yeah. it. I don't want to really want to do it. <laughs> this is the burden with friends that I was talking about before. You see all these things. It's so much have. work. I mean, some really friends is. are work. Uh, some some are much more work than others. I don't consider my friendship with Russ, for example, to be really labor intensive. But uh, Tony, I feel like I got to do a lot. So like my closest friends all moved away, which is kind of a perfect scenario for me, right? (laughs) Where it's like, okay, like we could text, we could have, you know, occasional conversations over the phone, which we, I don't know how you guys do, but I don't really talk on the phone that much anymore. Like I'm, I'm strictly texting and FaceTime. Like I hate FaceTiming. I don't know why it was invented. Like I think it's invented to talk to your parents. Like if you're in different towns or like grandparents or like children, but like, Friend to friend FaceTime, like if you're just walking down the street, like, oh, let me FaceTime. Well, you hope I, you're you hope you're walking down the street because otherwise it's this like time bomb in your in your hand that no matter what you're doing or how you're dressed or what you're in the middle of, at any given time, somebody can just like pop in and look at you and start talking to you. It just seems kind of selfish for me. Like people, you're being spied on. I, kind of. I need to look at you while I'm talking to you. It's like, why can't we just do like, the old fashioned phone thing? Do you guys FaceTime? I feel like this is like not a popular thing that I'm No, saying. only with my kids. Only I've only ever used it when I'm on the road and I want to FaceTime with my kids or if uh, like my kids will FaceTime with my parents. Hmm. 
I want to hear Russ's answer because I've had ex-girlfriends that would want to FaceTime all the time. and To see where you're doing? Yeah, see where Mm. you're at. That's why. That's definitely why. It's just to get a read on what's going on while they're not there. Are you a liar? Is really had uh, insecure exes. No, I actually like FaceTime. I think FaceTime is cool. Like all my FaceTime experiences have been top tier. I mean, the technology is crazy. It's just, I mean, but it just goes back to my whole like friendship burden thing, right? Where it's like, uh, it's just, it's a lot for me. Like, I why can, do we need I to look at guess, each other? I can, I can guess why you like FaceTime, Russ. We, we know, Tony. Everybody no, gets it. Everyone like, listens like, to the show like, gets it, okay? Hi. I like seeing my friends. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, Billy, we, we have to do about? one sports topic just to technically count this as a sports show in the categories on iTunes. And I, you, I know you're furious with the Astros. Oh, them. These players have checked out of the all-star games. So they don't get booed. And you, you said something the other day that you wanted the Astros banned for life. I mean, are you talking about the players or contracting the team or what do you, what do you want to happen here? I don't know. Like, if and when gonna, will you let this go? If I'm going to be honest with you, Jason, uh, Tony, Russ, audience, sometimes I get carried away and I say things that, I don't necessarily mean, but I just kind of lose control and things get away from me very quickly. And then I either have to completely do an about face in the middle of a show or just kind of write it out and hope that people forget about it and never bring it up again. Uh, And I've learned today already with two different topics that Jason is not that person who will just kind of let things go. One was the environment and two is the Astros. Climate denier, Billy Gill. Yeah, well, that's not. Thank you for joining us. I am tired, though, of a lot of the stuff that you have to do. I really am. I'm tired, especially of when you go to Starbucks and you get an ice drink and you want a straw and they treat you like you're a criminal for asking for a straw. You you say, hey, they won't give you one now unless you ask. And then you ask and they're like, well, are you sure you need one? Mm. Also, like just. To the Starbucks point, yeah. when we were not supposed to, we're supposed to be washing our hands and doing all this stuff. I understand that like we shouldn't just forget about the environment, even though like the skies were like crazy clean, like all over the world when no one was going anywhere. Right. Uh, but I don't want to be putting my mouth on the lid of a cup that someone's just handled when I need to wash my hands four times every time I leave the house, you know, because I feel like I'm kind of just putting my mouth straight on whatever germs are there. Right. Smart man right there. He's thinking. Russ is with you. Hmm. Let's play a game. We got one, one more thing we want to do with you here, Billy. Ooh. We've got a game to play with you called What Would Billy Do? Go Wait, ahead, do you Tom. like the do you like the Astros? Sorry to derail again. No, it's fine. Please just treat this like it's your show and yeah, spirit in whatever direction you please. No, sorry, we'll go to the game. No, you, what, are, what are you asking about the Astros? The most famous person of the four of us, so I think he should be able to be <laughs> You just want to make, make the sports adjacent with Billy Gill, and now yeah, you and me are like on Tony level? what it is. I was actually thinking of a spinoff with, with Tony called Baby Adjacent when he said it. I'm like, you know, this could be a spinoff podcast that we have. Why would you make a spinoff podcast with him and not use the fact that both of you have the last name Gill? Because hmm. Baby Adjacent, it was just, it's, it's a good spinoff name. And because so. Tony is sort of around a baby because he's an uncle he's baby uncle adjacent baby. Baby okay. adjacent. all right well what's your what's your thing about the astros you want I them out matter. or no it doesn't matter you wanted to talk about this no nah, it doesn't matter when will you let this go do you hold grudges like, are you still uh, mad at lebron or what you know it depends on the day honestly the whole <laughs> lebron thing i'm very inconsistent because honestly you covered the heat during the lebron run yes right yes so I argue, and I get a lot of crap for uh, saying it, like LeBron's the best player the Heat have ever had. 
like by far, people say it's Dwayne Wade because of like longevity and his contributions to the team or whatever. Right. But LeBron is the greatest actual player in heat history. He's debatably the greatest basketball player ever. Right. And he played his best seasons for them in those years. That's kind of crazy. I mean, now that he's on the Lakers, not as much because he's been on the Cavs, the Heat, and the Lakers. But when it was just the Cavs and then he went to the Heat and everyone kind of like, let's just forget about the Heat years. It's like, "Mm," like history's not going to forget the Heat years. And you're going to see these random pictures of him in the Heat uniform. I feel like the Heat uniform is going to be like the hipster LeBron uniform, like 20 years down the road, like at music festivals, right? Where it's like, let's wear a LeBron jersey, but like, let's wear like an ironic one. And it's going to be like the Heat years, right? (laughs) The white hot. Yeah. So, Jason, you might like this. You might not, though. I have no idea how you feel about this topic. Doubtful, but go ahead. Okay, so I bought a LeBron Heat jersey uh, after the last game of one of the seasons. They had, like, everything's on sale at the Heat store, like, at the arena. Go to the thing, 40% off. And I'm like, well, I'm going to buy a jersey. It's 40% off. I'm never going to get a jersey that's, like, $40 off, $45 off, whatever it is, right? So I buy a LeBron jersey. The next week, he he decided he was leaving the Heat. (laughs) And then I was like should I return this? Like it's still within the 30 days and just get yeah. my money back. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep this. Cause it's like a cool thing to have never worn just hanging in my closet with the tags and everything. <laughs> never worn it. They knew Billy. I also wouldn't. I mean, he knew that he was leaving. That's why I was 40%. Why I was, everything yeah, right. was, no, but ev- right. everything was 40% off. Like I could have bought a Mario Chalmers Jersey if I wanted to, but why would I waste a 40% off discount on a Mario Chalmers Jersey? Do you guys wear basketball jerseys, by the way? It's the worst sports jersey to, to wear, right? I do not. I don't. I just recently bought a, a WNBA Chicago Sky jersey. But do you do Did you ever get it? You said you ordered it oh, and yeah, you waited just, months. And- yeah, I ordered it in April. I just got it last week. But what do you do with your arms? Like, sun's out, guns out? Or what do you do? Yeah, sun's out, guns out. Russ, Russ knows. He- the sun's never out here, Tony. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. But, like, in the summertime. Barely. I can't yeah. do it. I'm too insecure about my arms. I can't do it. You're an athlete. You're a D1 college athlete. I was, yeah. But, I mean, I'm tall, I'm tall and, like, lanky. So, I, like, I don't have defined he, arms. He's got that track team physique. That's a little different than being a former D1 linebacker. Get you four sets of 25 curls in. Put that LeBron jersey on and hit the town, man. That's the thing. Is like, I'd have to do push-ups or something, like, right before, right? Just to kind of, like, yeah. try to get, like, a little workout in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just mentally, you'd feel it. Like if your arms were a little sore, you'd feel like they must be bigger. Do you guys have body issues? I know this is now taking like a really strange turn, but like, do any of you have body issues? Because I always like seen myself like throughout my life and thought like, man, I need to gain weight. Like I'm too skinny, whatever. And then you like look back and you're like, I wasn't in bad shape. Like now I'm like, I've, I feel like I have like a dad, but I'm like, man, I'm getting fat. And it's like I'm not actually fat because I'm like six one and weigh like. 190 so it's not fat but i'm like man i'm fat like i I, like look at my gut look at like my love handles like this is disgusting but in 20 years i'm gonna look back and be like yeah i was in really good shape back then i just have never allowed myself to think like yeah i look pretty good today jason do you have body issues bro yeah jason i I somehow managed to be uh like too skinny and too pudgy at the same time Mm -hmm. i've been there yeah you're like doughy yeah. Skinny fat. I've got the mass, but in just not the right places. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a lean 190 that I even have now, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have like all the weight that I do gain goes to the peach and the ladies like the peach. So, hey, you know, <laughs> it worked out for me. 
Hmm. Us, can we get that as a shirt? The ladies like the peach. We will not be going to obvious shirts and have Tony's name on there. Uh, Collection. I don't have body issues anymore. I did, but I look great now. So we're good. Russ lost a hundred pounds, Billy. Really? Which I think is amazing. And we, we've talked about it five times on this show since we started the show, but never more than a throw here and there. <laughs> like, yeah. And Russ, by the way, remember the time you lost a hundred pounds? What was anyway, the, what guess was what's the, happening with White Sox middle relievers? What was, well, what is happening with the White Sox middle relievers? I don't know. I don't know. What, what was the time frame in which you lost a hundred pounds? Uh, I was in college. So it was relatively recently. So, so I, my freshman year, 2013, I tore my Achilles playing basketball. And so you, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. So like you, you kind of just eat and stay sedentary. That's the word, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then one day I looked up and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm 315 pounds. This is crazy. Always been an athlete. Had never like, always been a big kid, but like, okay, this is, this is crazy. Um, so then once I could walk again, do different things again, I'm just like, all right, this is done. And went cold Turkey on pop, stopped drinking pop, uh, started eating right. And like, just started going to the gym every day, doing something, doing just all cardio. Um, so I went running, playing basketball and lost like 75 pounds in like six months. That's crazy. And then by the time I graduated, I was 192 pounds. Wow. And so then I went to this weird, like, like you go from fat to skinny fat. Now you're skinny. And it's like, I look like I was sick when I graduated. Yeah. Because, like, my body had, like, nothing else. And, like, I hadn't actually did the whole thing without lifting a weight. And so then it's like, all right, I have to put muscle on. So now then that next year was putting muscle on where fat used to be did you take like progress pics like while you were doing it absolutely not i did yeah i like back to like kind of like my body issues like i would do uh i would do like the the, like gym fads right like i would go and get um like i'd go to the gym and i'd have like a workout plan and i just basically try to remember like what did i used to do when i was an athlete and let me try to like do that again right but then i had my dad wanted to lose weight uh, before, I think it was before my wedding. So he ordered like P90X, right? And he's like doing that like from his house. But then like one of the discs got scratched and I guess P90X determined like, it's just easier for us to send like a whole nother box of the thing instead of just replacing like the one disc. So then he gave it to me and I was like missing like disc number three or whatever, right? But I would never get there anyways because I do like twice a week and then I'm like, I'm, this is too much. Like, well, let's try again on Monday. It's always like, we'll start this again on Monday, right? Yeah. But every time that I'd go to start one of these like workout regimens, I'm like, I should do the thing like the commercial where I take a picture so that I can see 90 days from now when I've, completely gone through this entire program because i'm definitely going to do it what i look like at the end but i could never do it because i'm like do i do it in shorts like do i get in my underwear because like i'm not going to take a picture of myself in the mirror in my underwear like that's weird as hell especially like when i've decided like i'm too pudgy right now so like what do i wear so i feel like maybe once i took a picture and i'm like i don't like it i don't like this and i stopped doing it but I was wondering if you would take like these pics because everybody makes it seem like this is something that you do when you're like on this workout, like journey, but I could never get into that. No, it's the thing. It was just like a mental thing where it's like, I didn't want to take pictures. I was like, I'll make progress and I'll know looking in the mirror. My progress was, Oh, these clothes don't fit anymore. 
Yeah. Great. These pants don't fit anymore because they're too big. Great. Like I didn't need pictures to tell me that. And then after a while, you look back and be like, damn, I dropped like eight pant sizes in six months. This is crazy. It's also shitty because now I have to buy a whole new wardrobe. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing about getting in shape. Like really expensive. Also healthy eating. I mean, I get that yeah. it's good for you and stuff. But like it's expensive as hell. It's a conspiracy. They don't. America does not want you to eat healthy. They wow. overprice all healthy items. So. You can get six burgers from rallies for like a dollar, but. If you go to Whole Foods right now, cherries cost like twenty five bucks. <laughs> did you did you go through like withdrawals and get like headaches and stuff like that when you stopped drinking pop? Because if I'll go like a day without drinking soda or coke or something, like I'll just oh, yeah. start getting the, the yeah. like really bad caffeine withdrawals and start getting headaches and stuff. Uh, no, I didn't drink it a ton, but it was like the one thing that I always knew. Like, all right, I'm gonna stop drinking pop at some point. So it lessened before I even started losing weight. So once I just said no pop. I just replaced it with water. And by doing that, like you get rid of a lot of those like side effects of cutting stuff. But yeah, this it's it's a thing that happened that I look back. This is now the most we've talked about it on the show. Congrats, Jason. I know this is what you wanted the whole time. I thought we should have done a segment on it. I just didn't think Billy was going to be the Oprah type person that cracked you open to get. Because I sometimes will be like, Russ, let's talk about this week. And Russ is like, no. Russ used to be fat. Let's talk about that. It's incredibly <laughs> impressive that you I, lost 100 pounds. It really say, is. It's the most, the thing I'm, with all my accomplishments professionally and all that stuff, it's the thing I'm, will, to this day, the most proud of. Should be. Billy, you still you really drink brought water? the show together here. You really brought us all together here, I think, with a really emotional moment. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Do you still do the water? Because, like, water, that's another thing. Water, water is honestly. So I have. Drink, everybody drinks water. Have, yeah, like, no, but it's so boring. How you live. It's boring, though. Six gallons in my fridge right now. Six gallons? Well, I work out, like, six times a week. So How much do you, you drink a gallon a day? I try to drink the oh. almost the entire thing. Um, especially if I'm losing that liquid throughout workouts. And then I have a uh, LaCroix, the sparkling waters. Uh, there for, like, if I want that pop sensation or like a different flavor or if company comes over, like, ooh, you have LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> you pronounce it like that when you go, if you're looking for it at the store, for example, and I know probably whatever grocery store you normally go to, Russ, you know where it is. But mm-hmm. if you went to a grocery store and couldn't find it and you had to ask someone there where it is would you pronounce it that way that's not what it's called no i know i you're right you are right let me affirm that for you but <laughs> nobody calls it that i, I think what if you said that to a clerk at a store they would have no idea what you're talking what about what do people say they say Lacroix. yeah billy oh. russ is our fancy lad on this show he's right russ is correct but nobody else pronounces it that way this is funny because we always talk about it but me and uh, jason were at breakfast one day and you know how they have the, the big thing of water. So I asked the waitress, like, hey, can we get a carafe of water? And Jason like looks at me and then she was like, yeah, for sure. And she brings it and he was like, I never knew that's what it was called. Yeah. Carafe this whole time. I thought carafe. I'd never heard the word pronounced, Billy. I'd only seen it written down. I thought it was a pitcher of water. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's. So wait a minute. That's like how now I sound. Russ is like using all these fancy French words, and I'm just like, could you put more water in this jug? <laughs> so now I'm thinking like in the Caribbean, there's St. Croix, right? Is like an island. I always thought, is it St. Croix? I, mean, I think that Probably is not Saint, is it? Go ahead, Russ. Isn't it St. Croix? Yeah. 
Hmm. But the first time I heard that, it was um, Eddie Murphy saying St. Croix uh, in Beverly Hills Cop 2. So I think that's how you say it. But I always thought it was LaCroix. Is that how hmm. you but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm an idiot. No, you're right. No, you're probably right. You got to have confidence with it, though. Like, I believe that it's correct every time I say it. You just, that, I mean, honestly. That's, that's you with everything, though. That confident, you could sell anything. You could. But that's you the key to life, Jason. Show is successful. That's the key to life is just kind of, you could kind of BS your way through life if you just present things with enough confidence that people will be like, yeah, this person knows what they're talking about. Let's do that. Or like, let's give this person that job. Or like, you know what? Let's let's drink this or let's do this. This person seems really confident about that, and that's all that really matters. I mean, it's not all that really matters, but it'll get you a lot of places. It'll work. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Billy, you hey. have been surprisingly good. Uh, exceeded my expectations by Thank far. You. And uh, but we do have one game we want to play with you before we let you go. Are you up for a round of a new game called "What Would Billy Do"? Ooh. Go ahead, Tony. No. Don't be a sucker. It's time to put one of the most decisive men on the clock. I I don't think I'm a deceitful person. (laughs) It's time to find out what would Billy do. We can ask Tony to build out an intro for a segment we want to do for like a month and he won't. (laughs) <laughs> but Billy's first time here, he has an intro with clips, sound bites, and it sounds great. Congrats, Tony. Like, you did a really good job, but I'm I'm a little upset. I mean, to my, to my, like, to my credit, like, I did take a risk with this. Like, he could potentially sue us for using clips of the Dan Levitard show. Yeah, obviously. Uh, right. And you guys always get on me on that. So I did, like, have a tough time with this. So... But I think it turned out pretty good. Tony is our producer that should know like laws and stuff. Yeah. Sound usage. But he'll just be like, I mean, nobody will sue us. We're not that big, right? And then Tony, that's not how it works. People will sue us. Not if you say with confidence, though. We're the lovable underdog, (laughs) Tony thinks. Yeah. Is it weird that I'm oddly nervous for a game that it seems like I can't possibly fail at because it's just what would I do? But I still feel like I'm going to do it wrong. It is weird. All you have to sit there and think, as I often do, what would I do in this situation? And then I do that thing. Uh, We're going to give you six awkward social situations or scenarios that uh, are real from our lives and find out from you what we should have done. Russ, go ahead. All right. So first things first, Billy. So I've, as a baseball writer, I travel all over the country and I'm on a flight every week. So I've had two separate instances of crazy interactions. So the first, I on a flight to Atlanta, from Chicago to Atlanta, I had uh, a lady who sat next to me freak out upon takeoff and grabbed my hand and held my hand from the trip from Chicago to Atlanta. Now, I will say I did, because I saw her freaking out and I saw she was having a hard time. I asked her, would you like me to hold your hand during the flight? You were compassionate. I was trying to be compassionate. So in that case with you, Billy, you see somebody freaking out upon takeoff and then grabs your hand. What does Billy do? Oof. Are we talking like grandmother age person? She like mom, mom age. Mom age. And had no family or anything there. Nobody Is each one of these going to take like 17 minutes? For Probably. Me? I'm really bad at hypotheticals. Great. I would say 
Uh, would I hold this person's hand? How recent was this? How long ago was it? It was in April. It, ooh, okay. So, like, this is when we're still wearing masks and not touching each other. Yes. But she did tell me I have hand sanitizer because she's a mom. Yeah. Are you I holding mean, this person's hand through the flight to calm their anxiety, Billy? Yes or no? What are you wearing? Oh, my gosh. I think I'd pull my sleeve down and maybe hold hands through sleeves. Can we do I that? I have a T-shirt on. Oh, okay. no. Hold yeah. hands through sleeves. That's what we got. Yeah. It's good enough. It's good enough. Gosh, you're worse than Tony. All right, Billy, number two. Uh, what's your daughter's name? My daughter's name is Mia. All right, let's say Mia is, is much older now, like five or six years old. You take her, you're out. She has to use the bathroom. She uses a public restroom, comes out, and you discover that she has stepped in human feces. There's human feces on Mia's shoe. What do you do? I mean, do we have plans later that day? Billy, geez. I'd like, I mean, I'd like to think, I'd like to think depending on five or six. So she's already going to use these shoes. Like she's already walking and these are yes. actual shoes, not like yes. decorative shoes. Yes. Oh man, human feces. I'd like to, I, I think I'd get a glove, right? Like I'd, I'd try to go home, I think. Well, how would I get her in the car? I, I don't want to. I don't want to just throw the shoe away, right? That seems like a thing where you're like, you know what? Done with these shoes. We need to move on. But shoes are expensive, and I'm not one. I'm kind of like, I'm a relatively thrifty guy, so I don't think I'd just yeah. throw away my daughter's shoes. I'd probably look to get some sort of bag or something plastic to put it in, and then get gloves, and then when I get home, hose it off. I think. Okay, so you're trying to save those shoes that have some other person's poop on them. Uh, I asked my daughter where they came from. She said, Walmart, I threw them away. Immediately? Oh, yeah. They're probably $7 there in the trash. Goodbye. Okay, so $7 shoes is different. Like, that's yeah. that's a factor here. If I could kind of get rid of the situation for $7, I may throw them away. But w what did you do after, if you don't mind me asking? I know we're it's slowing down the game. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out when we get home. Doesn't you just, matter. We're not, oh, so you went home. Shoes are not sticking around. We're gone. So your daughter wasn't walking around barefoot, like, the rest of the day? No, like, no, no. No. Day. no, there were other shoes available at a certain point. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys Tony, your turn. Shoes? All right, so uh, my scenario is uh, your friend invites you to his house for lunch uh, and serves you a mayo sandwich, sandwich and says, man, you got to try this. What does Billy do? <laughs> Russ is losing it. You can't say mayo sandwich around Russ anymore. Go ahead, Billy. Was this, I'll tell you what I would do, but then I have some follow-up questions. <laughs> of course, I, of course you do. I don't like mayo. I'm not like a big mayo person like i i think that would be what kind of bread was it not that it matters because i'd be horrified either way like if it was just mayo i don't know why i just don't ha i don't know if it's the texture or what it is about mayo that i just don't like some people it. like mayo some people don't but nobody except tony <laughs> likes mayo sandwiches that's disgusting even if you like mayo it is not it's not i well, enjoy gonna taking cake. a bite of that billy you're gonna eat half of it politely or what's your what's your plan here with the mayo sandwich do i know it's a mayo sandwich oh yeah given oh, he's, he's, he's proud of it. So. <laughs> do you do this often like you have people come over and you're like that was my question billy <laughs> That was my question to him, too. Wouldn't it be impolite for me not to offer one of life's greatest sandwiches? Oh, but then you put, but like, then you're putting these people in an uncomfortable situation where, like, you view it as impolite to not offer them a mayo sandwich, right? Or not make Ooh. them a mayo sandwich, where then the person has to not be impolite and they have to try to eat it at least, right? Where it's almost better not to offer anything than offer a mayo sandwich that you're kind of forcing someone to awkwardly accept, right? 
Yes. Well, you disagree, obviously. So your answer is you flip this around on the host. The host has put you as the guest in a very uncomfortable position, and I agree with you. Russ, you're up. I think I'd sneak it. I think I'd like pretend to eat it, but like sneak it into napkins or like, and then my pockets would just be filled with like mayo sandwich. And then it's like, how do I clean this? <laughs> I don't like letting people down. It's I weird. Tell. No, please let Tony down on that. <laughs> Has he ever offered you guys mayo sandwiches? We didn't know he did it until last week, but I hope he wouldn't. As his friend, like do that to your enemy, not us. Who care about? Um, this scenario happened to me very like two weeks ago, Billy. So I'm on a flight from Chicago to LA and on this flight, I'm trying to do work, uh, write a story and a larger gentleman about 6'4", 240, uh, tattoos on the face and neck who's sitting in the middle seat falls asleep on my shoulder. Mm. Now I had a decision to make. Do I wake this hulking figure up who could do me bodily harm? Or do I live? Do I live and let him sleep on my shoulder? <laughs> well, what you're, you're alive, so I think I know what decision <laughs> I made. Smart guy, Billy. I'm a smart guy. Do you? I, I think you know what I would do. I think I'd try to like create somewhat of a commotion, but not enough of a commotion where like the secret like air marshal like had me like Did sequestered in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think I'd be like, <laughs> well, oh no, actually, you know what? I wouldn't be coughing on an airplane right now. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be doing that. But maybe I just like, uh, oh man, because that's like the go-to when you want to kind of do a disruption. You do like a fake cough, or you just kind of like clear your throat. Uh, uh, but I feel like now, if you're doing that on planes, like you're getting worse looks than anything else. It's so like maybe you turn the air on, like make it really cold on their face, or like try to like, you know what you should have done? You should have just kind of like shouldered the head. But then, like as they like pop up, like you just go to sleep, like immediately, like on the so other side. That's, so that's what I did. So I, I pretended really? like I was asleep and like kept creeping over to like push him up. Yeah. And at the perfect time, the plane turned and he leaned over, woke up, and like, oh my perfect. god, sleeping on a dude for three hours. <laughs> Let me scoot over here. That's so it took you. Guys. It took you three hours to resolve the situation. Yes. Wow. We were damn near in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over like Vegas or something like we were almost there number five Tony so uh, my next one is uh, you're on 17 different podcasts but none of them truly let you speak your mind they're always saying things like that's completely inappropriate even for our show and no Tony that will get us canceled what does Billy do I mean, I think that the only option you have is you start a podcast, maybe you call it Baby Adjacent, and mm -hmm. you do a podcast about children and babies and mm -hmm. what your nieces or nephews are up to. Mm -hmm. I just keep creating more podcasts, right? Like, if you're on yeah. 17, what difference does it matter if you're on 19 at that point? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. But, I think that is what he's doing, too. But at the same, at the same time, though... If 17 people are telling you the exact same thing, Thank you. like may, maybe, 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 may, I'm not saying 100% sure because I don't know the specifics because this is a hypothetical. Maybe the 17 people kind of might have a point, but also like how many things in life were discovered or invented where they told the person you'll never discover or invent this or you're a crazy person or you are inappropriate for thinking, you know what, we'll be on the moon or whatever. That's how Rocky was made. Exactly. I mean, I don't know that at all for a fact. I don't know if you heard it, but Russ said he actually is a crazy person. Please don't equate Tony to like Thomas Edison or something here. 
Thomas Edison for sure got looks. Like, you have to assume, right? Like, yeah. with some of the stuff Thomas Edison was coming up with, like, you have to think that the neighbors were like, what is this guy up to now? Like, what are we doing right now? It's not 17 people, by the way, Billy. It's literally every person he knows. Everyone, except him. Uh, last one for you, Billy. Uh, your producer asks you to get a guest from a radio show you used to be on, but that person is the only one on the show you really didn't like. Huh. So what would you, as the person that needs to make the request, would do? Hmm. That's a good question. Thank you, Billy. It was uh, nice having you. Oh, this is about me. Russ, did you enjoy Billy Gill as much as Tony did? I did. You were not familiar with his work prior to this, were you? Well, no, like I, I knew of him, but right. I didn't know about him or if he was fun or not. Like, am I going to take Tony's word for something? <laughs> I got to learn on my own. But no, great. I enjoyed it. What's your Yelp rating for uh, Billy Gill as a guest? Oh, uh, definitely a 4.9. <laughs> and the only reason I don't look again. Only reason I can't give him five is because he gave Tony excuse to make another podcast, which I know Tony's probably already going to do. It's already in pre-production. So thanks. Billy's my man's man. Like I rock with Billy heavy. Hey, here's what we did not get to today, Russ. There's a lot of good stuff here. Um, last time we recorded, this is one of the pitfalls with recording a podcast rather than doing a live radio show or something like that. We were recording during the day, day game one of the NBA finals. No idea if Giannis Antetokounmpo was going to play it all in the series. I mean, right. you have like Kawhi Leonard in the series before. They're saying, well, we don't know if he'll play game one. And then he's not even on the bench the entire series. So you never really know. Um, he seems fine. Giannis seems okay. Uh, game, for the first three games, and game four will be played before this comes out, I think. But for the first three games, Russ, 34.3 points per game on 63% field goals, 14 rebounds, 4.7 assists, even made some free throws. He is right now at 34.3 points per game. If he was to hold that, it would be the 12th highest scoring average in NBA finals history. He's been amazing. Like to come back and like the, the game one performance, I think it was like 20 something and 15 on the knee that he didn't think he'd be able to play on the night before. And then to come back with back to back 40 balls. I think that's crazy. He's been, he's been great. My favorite thing that he does, I think that as far as just being fun to watch is there's so many times where he goes to the rim and he looks like he's going to lay it in and he just stretch Armstrong's yep. for the dunk. It's great. Uh, in other basketball news, Team USA keeps losing. Not only Nigeria, but also lost to Australia. It's looking pretty grim. Um, Chris Middleton and Devin Booker and everybody else can't get there soon enough. It's funny because Zach was supposed to go to the Olympics to learn winning culture. Yes. I've yet to get one win. Right. Uh, the Blackhawks have traded Duncan Keith to the Edmonton Oilers. That ends a 16-year run. In my lifetime, not a lot of guys in Chicago have had the kind of sustained dominant run that he had. I mean, three championships over 16 seasons, uh, two-time Norris winner for Defensive Player of the Year, and 2015 playoffs MVP. When I think of the other guys, Russ, that, that had a really long dominant run, Frank Thomas had 16 years. I mean, the other guys on the Hawks – Kane, Taze, Seabrook had all been around for about that long. Duncan Keith is going to be up there as one of the best Chicago athletes of this era. 
No, he's definitely uh, going to have the number two sweater retired one day. You know, two times. There's not a lot of guys that win the Norris Trophy two times for the best defenseman in hockey. He did it three cups, was the uh, assistant captain on all those teams. And like, yeah, a long run of sustained success is probably going to be a Hall of Famer one day. So, yeah, really good run for for Duncan Keith in Chicago. An unopened copy of Super Mario 64 for Nintendo 64, which I think might have even come out before you were born, Russ. It did be close. Before 1994? It was like 96 or 98. So it's Nintendo 64 would have been, you would have never played a Nintendo 64, bro. I've done it, but yeah, it would have been long after my time. An unopened copy of Super Mario 64 sold for $1.56 million in an auction. That's more than the Bears are paying David Montgomery this year. That's nuts. Uh, lesson to kids don't open all of your toys don't open any of them kids they're not to play with they're to collect and hold on to like stock market investments uh the biggest movie of the year pig starring nick cage where he searches for his lost truffle hunting pig comes out on friday just uh-huh. thought you guys would like to know you can put that on your calendar it has a 94 percent on rotten tomatoes based on 17 reviews oh <laughs> okay yeah i had hope it was that meme uh, i don't know no, the one that said uh, you had us in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. Until you said 17 people had reviewed it. I'm out. 17. I mean, if 17 people gave that a good review, that's 16 more than I thought would have. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. Which is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Uh, Rush Chicago Bears update for you. Everything's fine. Again, Justin Fields. Everything's fine. Yes, sir. We we had Billy Gill on from Miami on today's show. And uh, I think sometimes fans and even media members are guilty of this. I'm guilty of this sometimes. You have this very limited self-awareness about the team you cover. You maybe... Uh, don't always realize how nationally irrelevant your team is because I think a lot of people in Chicago would look at the Dolphins and say that's been a totally irrelevant team and they would not realize that it's true about themselves. Over the last 10 seasons, the Bears are 73 and 87. The Dolphins are also 73 and 87. Over the last 10 seasons, the Bears have a collective 85.8 passer rating. Dolphins are at 85.9. Same quarterback play, same number of wins, zero playoff wins, for both teams, by the way. Bad. Anyway, if that holds for Pig at 94%, that would give Nick Cage 10 movies at 90 plus percent mm. on tomatoes. What's the list of oh. movies over 90%? For I don't have it in front of me. I, I just ch- counted them off yesterday. But he also has 11 that it came in at 10% or lower. So, oh my God. He takes big swings. That is a volume shooter, right? There. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Nick Cage answers the phone saying yes. Nick Cage is the Carmelo Anthony of acting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we'll definitely do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. And finally, Russ, uh, Russ, did you, you've been off for the last couple of weeks. You've been on vacation. Did you spend any of that time just learning about the world around you, maybe studying lightning bugs, for example? That is not what I was doing on my. You did not. Okay. Well, that's okay. That's fine. I'm here to help you with that. Uh, You need to know this about lightning bugs which is what we call them here. I saw that they're, they're called fireflies in other parts. There's like a bunch of different terms for this, but it's very common in the Midwest to go with lightning bugs. Russ, you ran around with my kids catching lightning bugs once. 
I did. And I delighted my children running around doing that with them. Well, yeah, it was the first time meeting and I didn't want to be that rude friend that doesn't want to interact with their friend's kids. So I enjoy Anna and Grace's company. We were having a good time. And yeah, they were. I did realize on the way home, it might not have been the best decision because my entire body was mosquito bites. But that'll happen. I have a good Uh, report with the kids now because of that. You you would be a fun uncle. You'd be good at that. Yeah, I, I I enjoy that part of being the, the single friend is I can be the fun uncle. Yes. Uh, here's something not so fun about lightning bugs. Their light is was originally to deter predators, but to make clear that they're toxic so predators won't want to eat them. Uh, and then that became a way to attract a mate. But there's a different group of female lightning bugs called Futuris. And they're able to perfectly mimic the courtship signals that female lightning bugs usually send but it's a trap. It's kind of like catfishing because you see if you can guess what happens next. I'm going to have, we're going to kick to a Tony reading segment here to explain. And now Tony Gill reads. Ah, glasses, Tony Gill is back, baby. Let's go. Thanks you guys for having me back again. And this is a segment where I read. It really is just like Billy. From NPR. The males come closer and closer and closer until finally these predatory females are able to reach out and grab their male prey and once they grab the male they sink their sharp jaws into his shoulder the blood oozes out firefly blood is white they basically drink the prey's blood and then they spend about the next hour slowly chewing up all the soft bits and spinning out the hard bits until there's just a pile of scattered remains. There's a lesson in there, Russ. Uh, please tell me what it is. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for Billy. Thanks to Billy Gill from the Levitard Show for joining us. We love doing the show. We had a lot of fun with Billy today, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it as well. You can follow the show on Twitter. You can subscribe on iTunes. You've got to hit up iTunes, Spotify. My wife got on me the other day, Russ, because she said, not everybody uses iTunes and you only ever shout out to iTunes and point people to iTunes. You can get podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and some other things, right? Yeah. There are other places uh, where you can listen to podcasts, but those are two women, iTunes, Spotify. Um, also make sure you go to obvious shirts, get our collection. We have a lot of shirts over there. Pre-orders still available. Use promo code adjacent 10 to get 10% off and free shipping um, for Russ Dorsey. Jason Leisure, Tony Gill. Shout out to Billy Gill for being on with us. We will holler at you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.